You are listening to Crosstalk. A safe place to discuss addiction, recovery, harm reduction, and everything in between. Support for this podcast comes from the Kentucky Opioid Response Effort and Advocates of Recovery. Content and production by the team at Turning Point Recovery Community Center. Now, buckle up and get ready for the show. Welcome everyone to Crosstalk Recovery, the recovery podcast that supports all forms of recovery. I'm Matt Lewis, and I'm here with Sam Peterson, Amanda Wiersma, Nathan Brockett. Welcome, guys. Uh, first and foremost, I want to apologize to our millions of listeners and viewers <laughs> about my nasal voice. I've been sick for about a week now. I know a lot of people talk about how they love the sound of my voice. Uh, and <laughs> no. uh, So what's going to be different than normal? <laughs> Uh, nothing. Nothing. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we only have 30 hey viewers everybody, anyway, notice so. my voice now. <laughs> just pay attention to me more. <laughs> no, I was just opening myself up for you guys to make fun of me right away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I love to do that. But yeah, we were, uh, you know, this is just a, a chill podcast, man. I like doing these where it's just uh, staff and having Sam back, man. Uh, Welcome back. Very, What's up? Very fortuitous to run into Sam today at Center Point. And uh, I said, you're doing the podcast. He said, yes, sir. And uh, That's yeah. exactly <laughs> how it went. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, perfect picture of how that went. Yeah, it was oh, way back. I'm glad. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he does. I was, I was a little scared. He, he left out the trembling. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Well, First, he, he's complimenting me on how my attire and how sharp I looked, and then <laughs> that did happen. <laughs> right? Is that the way you baited him oh, in with that nice shirt? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well. No, but uh, how you doing, Sam? Tell us about what's been going on with you since uh, the holiday special. Oh, well, uh, I'm still working in your town, of course, but uh, yeah. I've been doing a what they call a uh, <clears throat> guest navigator position, which is. Uh, been getting to go into jails and do pre-screens and try to find people to help them get into treatment oh wow that kind of stuff so it's been definitely different than being on the floor working with the guys every day yeah but like uh, a recruiter <laughs> mo- not not really i mean most you don't really have to recruit people to go to treatment. get a sign on bonus or none of that no bonuses <laughs> nothing like that. Um, making the same amount of money you know yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh basically you know you're working with the DPA, the Department of Public Advocacy, the, they they see people that need treatment, and then we go out there and pre-screen them and see if they're eligible. Oh, yeah. so that kind of cool. diverts the application process or makes it a little quicker then, I guess, huh? It speeds up the process a little Good. bit. You know, hopefully so the, the guy doesn't have to spend as much time in jail, yeah. that kind of thing, because, yeah. I mean... Let's all be honest. Jail sucks. Yeah, jail sucks. <laughs> and it doesn't it doesn't do much for the disease of addiction no. either. You know. No. Yeah. Definitely does. That's awesome. So you get to see the people when they're just, they're ready to go. Yeah, I was in a, a particular county jail yesterday, and uh, we were getting ready to go in, and somebody had gotten maced. <laughs> we had to wait a little while. You know. <laughs> I didn't. I'm like I don't, I don't want to deal with pepper spray again. Heck no. You know? No. I'm past that in my life. Okay. Well, that's awesome, man. Yeah, that is cool, man. And you guys got a, a Night of a Thousand Laughs or something coming up soon? Yeah, uh, February 24th, Night of a Thousand Laughs. going to have a a DJ for some music. I'm going to have a stand-up comedian, and then it's going to be uh, um, catered by Car Steakhouse. So it should awesome. Be, it should be a good time. That's, that's uh, all the proceeds go, go to, to uh, opening a women's facility. Okay, we've got uh, we've got yes. a sixteen bed men's facility, and we're trying to build a sixteen bed female facility on the same property, but a little bit of it will be ways from the men's facility. So. Okay. Well, yeah, it's best not to have them 
Uh, <laughs> just easier, <laughs> like, but less touching. Right. Swim right. across the pond to one another. That's not going to be that close. <laughs> you know? That's great, man. It's awesome. You guys are doing some cool stuff out there. Yeah. I'm happy for you. It's good to be back here with you guys, though, oh, you know? Man. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You brave, you brave the icy roads to come see us. We appreciate it. Man, I was out piddling around. <laughs> uh, what is it you've been doing all day? Piddling. Well, I mean, piddling. I think you told us you were doing something else earlier. <laughs> Driving around annoying everyone. Uh, everyone I've come in contact off. with today. Yeah. You That's know, it's, all right. Character defects have been shown a little bit, but it's, it's been fun. Making the most of your day off. Hey, I, I think if the people approach it properly, then they enjoy it too. So yeah, but, <laughs> he's, he's, yeah, he's spreading well, joy. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's all people that know you and they've yeah. come to expect it. <laughs> but it's mostly been at the pyramid tour offices to the point. You know, so. They got them cornered where they can't leave. <laughs> they have to listen to you, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And they don't right. worse. They look up to him too. So they're like, <laughs> yeah. they're like oh, Sam. He does it because he yeah, likes me. I promise. I used to look up to him too until I got to know him. (laughs) You still do. Every time I'm standing beside you, taller. Uh, (laughs) Is he taller than you? Uh, I mean, maybe just his sheer size makes him appear taller, but uh, I'm actually taller than him. He is. It's just the beanie full of trouble. I think I'm already starting to shrink. You know, you get older and you start to shrink. I feel like I'm already going backwards. Really? Oh, me too. Yeah. So? I've definitely started shrinking. I think I've. It's no fun. My belly's woman. getting bigger. But no. Yeah, you're not. I don't shrinking. think that has anything to do with age. No, no. no. Not like that. Getting fat and eating. That's all it is. Yeah. I think it's the fatherhood that you've stepped own into. Dad <laughs> yeah. No. Like I said, stepped into. It's <laughs> not <laughs> so like the door opened and I was like, ah, oh, yeah, let's do this. It's just plop. It's like the elevator fell on me. More like, yeah, but you're blessed. It's what yeah, you wanted, absolutely. right? Absolutely. It is. <laughs> I'm so glad he's doing it. Yeah. You know, yeah. y'all can live like right. right. Yeah, I get to. You know? <laughs> it's the beautiful part about it. It's why I love all my friends to have big families. <laughs> so, you can be, so you can go and leave. <laughs> yeah. I'm not required to be here. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing you. funnier than at the being at the bowling alley and Sam holding a baby. <laughs> you're like, what? What's going I have on? Never Where did you, you steal that? <laughs> I held a baby back. the other day. I was like, God. Wait, you held my son, didn't you? Yeah. yeah, okay. And then and then even the baby got mad when I tried to give the baby back to his to his mother. <laughs> wow, what does that say about his mother? <laughs> yeah. wow. It's an they like, I think it's because you know I'm a big guy, so they get to go get up on my shoulder and get a good good look <laughs> around, get into right. stuff they didn't normally get into. Yeah, Uncle Sam will let them get crazy everything. up here. The weather is different. <laughs> Heck yeah. That's great. How are you doing, Amanda? I'm doing just fabulous. Are you? Yeah, just enjoying the laughs. Yeah, good. Yeah, man, it is fun to laugh, man. That's what I enjoy about recovery, sober laughter. We actually were at, we were at Centerpoint earlier today. Somebody was speaking. They talked about sober laughter. And I, laughter. I was standing next to Sam, and all I could think about is, well, that's all Sam does is laugh. And, yeah. And it's, it's pleasurable, man. I enjoy it. I enjoy hearing Sam laugh. I enjoy hearing all you guys mm-hmm. laugh and having a good time. Yeah. So, I guess we're going to do a little uh, popsicle stick meeting. You know, this is a recovery podcast. Yeah. After all, we'll talk a little recovery. And uh, hopefully we'll have some fun. See if anybody has, has anything good to say. Okay. You want to go first, Nathan? Yeah, I'll go first. That's who I wanted to go first. It's Nathan. All right. See so we got here. Okay. I drew hope. Mm. All right. I can get down with that. Are we keeping them? Is that how this goes? It's not oh, like yeah, everybody Yeah, we don't else. do the same ones. Okay. Okay, yeah. So, 
I think hope was probably the driving force for this whole thing for me. You know, luckily I have one of the people that came before me right here that kind of showed me the path. So I thank kudos for that one. But when I think about the hope part of it, like the, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have dialed into this stuff had it not been for for hope. Because I got to be able to see that it works for other people. You know what I'm saying? I'm not just gonna step off into something that I'm just unsure about. You know, especially when I was early in recovery, or I mean, I don't even know if I call it recovery. Still trying to figure this stuff out. Uh, it, it was, I was one of the people that was like, I either got to taste it, smell it, touch it, to know it's real. You know what I mean? But when I could see the sober laughter and I could see the smiling faces and the lives changing, you know, that is what really drove home the hope aspect of it. Like, hey, this is possible. This can happen. It's happening right in front of my eyes. I'm watching it happen to people that are a couple weeks in further in the program than I was. So, you know, it wasn't just a – I hope that this happens for me. It was, I watched it happen to other people, and that's when it, you know, it became a reality. Like, not so much as, you know, I hope I get all the good stuff in life. I hope, I hope I hear people all the time. It was, you know, it, hope is what turned, that's what brought belief for me, really. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah I know a lot of us, we come in here so hopeless, you know, at our bitter end, rock bottom, whatever you want to call it. I like, I've talked about it many times. I just wanted it to be over. Yeah. Uh, you know, and to be able to find hope, find yeah. faith, find courage, realize you're going to have to put forth some effort to do yeah. it and get those things. But, yeah. You know, and I, I, don't, surely. I don't know if I ever really just opened my eyes to the possibility of, of it being able to change either, you know, coming in with that attitude of thinking, I just want it to be over. This all sucks. The world's just dark. I hate it. And I think once I was broken so so deeply to a point where I had nothing else to look for. That's when I really found hope because I was actually looking for the way out. I know what you're talking. I, th- yeah. I think I understand what you're talking about with, the, I know when I started sticking needles in my arm, yeah. I thought it was over. Yeah. And it, the, the only way I had any glimmer of hope is seeing somebody that was, went through the same things I did yeah. on the other side of it. Oh, of course. Until, until I, you know, cause I had to see it though because I, in my brain, I, I just thought yeah. it was. I thought my life was over. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. that's the stigma I had. Yeah. Is once I started using that needle, my life it was over. I was going to die from, yeah. from sh- shooting drugs. I, I think what I felt was a lot different than the times I've heard my mom say, "Well, I hope you get better. I hope you start doing better." I think the hope for me was like the actual real belief that that there's something better out mm-hmm. there and it's achievable. It's not. It's not just this magical fairy dust in the air that oh I hope I catch it one day. It's something to work towards to you know to 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 admire and see in other people you know because now I'm looking back and I'm like damn it was really it was it was easier than I made it out to be. I mean you know what I'm saying like I thought changing and and, and getting sober and not stab myself with needles and not being a butthole to everybody was. Was I thought that was just stupid. Like, how am I ever going to live life without all those things? Because that's what kept me going. But I think the reality of it was, you know, all you guys and in the recovery community telling me I could. Hey, man, you're going to make it. Just have hope, faith, and all that stuff they talk about, and it worked. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Really easy. It's amazing how the fellowship works. God. It's, yeah. Wouldn't be alive without it. It's awesome. My turn. Uh, yeah. I hope Amanda draws a good one. I hope so, too. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <Step> <laughs> <in>. <laughs> Are you serious? That's, all right, this is an inside one. joke. We're not going to you know, talk about it. But. Well, you can pass if you, you want to. Have, I can talk about step Got one. Um, hmm. Step one. That's what she gets. That's okay. What <laughs> step one for me um, 
admitting that I was powerless um, and my life had become unmanageable. Step one was actually fairly easy for me um, because my life had clearly become um, unmanageable, um, and I was definitely powerless. Um, it wasn't until I had, after I had been involved in a car accident, um, where I had hit two people and um, almost killed myself, and I had spent mm, a little over, almost a year and a half in jail that I entered um, my program. Um, I entered uh, SAP and was introduced to the 12 steps, um, and, you know, I had to work step one, and it was easy for me to admit that my life had become unmanageable um, and that I was powerless over my drugs and alcohol because I had pretty much um, ended my life. Um, you know, I was involved in a car accident where... You know, I could have potentially killed two other people, um, almost killed myself, um, you know, and I had given away everything that I had in my life, everything that I held dear to me. Um, my kids gave those away, the house that I had that I lived across the street from my mom that I loved, um, the nice cars. Um, can't say that I worked hard for the cars because um, I embezzled $30,000 due to my drug addiction. Um, you know, every, some of the things I did work hard for, but everything that I loved I'd given away. Um, my life had clearly become unmanageable, and I knew that um, after I had my car accident, you know, there was nothing left for me. Um, and so sitting in jail, you know, getting ready to go to SAP, um, I knew these things. I didn't know that admitting them was part of a process. I feel that. Um, <laughs> so when I got to SAP and I started getting introduced to the pro the program of AA, and um, you know, step one, you know, was this? You know, it got introduced to me. Step one, um, you know, admit to a power greater than yourself um, that your life had become exactly what my life had become, unmanageable. Um, I was like, yes, I can do that. My life is unmanageable. Um, and I, I was powerless over drugs and alcohol. I couldn't live without them. I didn't know how to live without them. Um, I didn't know how to cope with life. I didn't know how to deal with anything. Um, you know, it, it was easy for me um, to admit those things. Now, what to do after that, I didn't know. Um, but I could definitely admit those things, um, you know, and there definitely is a power greater than myself. Um, you know, what that looks like to me is a little different than what it looks like to other people. Um, but there is definitely um, a power greater than myself. And um, every day I just have to make sure that, that I let that power that's greater than me um, keep me from getting back to that, that state that I was in. And, um, you know... That's what step one looks like to me. Um, you know, I just, every day, um, you know, I just, my way definitely got me to where I was um, when things were out of control and uh, I was powerless and unmanageable. And today um, I strive to be manageable. So I just <laughs> let, let go of the wheel and, 
you know, just um, let things be the way that they're supposed to be. We'll be right back. Did you know that recovery from substance use disorder and mental health go hand in hand? That is why the caring and compassionate mental health professionals at Four Rivers Behavioral Health in Paducah are here to help you find your balance. They are proud of you for making the changes necessary to live a healthier life and would love to see you reach your full potential. Give them a call at 270-442-7121 or stop by the downtown location at 425 Broadway in Paducah, Kentucky. As a woman in recovery, I know how important having a fellowship of women has been for me. Come join us at the Women of Worth All Recovery Support Group here at Turning Point, 415 Broadway, Paducah, Kentucky, every Friday night at 6 p.m., where we discuss our personal experiences in recovery. Hope to see you there. Yeah, I mean, and look how far you've come from that. You know, we think it's over. You know, we, you know, like you said, you ended your life um, you know, for all practical purposes, that's what we felt like. And then to be able to, through working these steps and starting to believe in something greater than you and being able to admit that and, and all the other steps that come behind that, you've been able to bounce back and, and now you can help other people, what you do. And, and I think that was great. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's, they call it the 100% step though, you know. Yeah. The only step you can work 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And, that powerlessness, you know, because I've worked the steps a few times because I was a hard case. <laughs> and it, it all comes down to that powerlessness thing, you know, like, do I really believe that? Or if with some time in between, am I going to think, I think the first time I was trying to get sober, I don't know if I ever really reached it, you know, because certain now in retrospect, looking back, there was a lot of things I worked, mm-hmm. I wasn't doing, but like completely made it was, was still tough. You know, and I think some of it goes to the part where <clears throat> I had had success in my life at one time. Right. So why can't I get a hold on this <clears throat> and then try truly turning that thing over to somebody to a power greater than you? What do you mean I can't do this myself? Because, you know, I was a selfish individual. And I think <clears throat> that's the hard part of step one, you know, is that my life unmanageable? Of course it was. I've been to jail a couple times, several felonies, been scouts. That, that, that was obvious. But that powerlessness was the hardest part for me, I think. Yeah. I think a lot of us got to be beaten to a state of mm-hmm. reasonableness as well. Like, you know, that's what you said. You gave it all away and all, the, all this stuff happened. And it's like, oh, I can't do this. You know what I mean? And after trying and trying and trying and trying and trying and trying and finally, finally but hey, we're alcoholics. Finally waving that flag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what I got to do, it, it, but my was, way's no longer working. It's Surrender. Think, that's where you yeah. got to get to. You know? Yeah. And I know for the rest of they tell me the rest of my life I can't put a substance in my body. You know what I mean? And if I did, I won't be able to control it. Cool. You know what I mean? It's after after realizing that I'm powerless and working step one every day. Why would I want to go back? You know what I mean? Why? Why? I have I haven't found good reason to want to give that up yet. You know what I mean? No. So. Yeah. But I'm glad I got that one. Yeah. It was, it was a little nerve-wracking there. Yeah. But, you I know. thought she was going to Whatever the, the power I greater than yourself is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> talking to you. Yeah. Uh-oh. Obedience? Obedience. Oh, no. <laughs> Are you <laughs> obedient Sam today? was obedient to me today when I told him to come on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say good boy? <laughs> I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't make these. So, so weird, weird one, it is. really, too. 
to draw out of there. I know. I got it once before, and I was kind of like, eh. That was the same way. But, I mean, obedience, you know, if I, I, I guess you can relate it to if you're turning your will in your life, step three, over to the power greater than itself, you're going to be obedient to okay. his I can, will. I can run with that. So, yeah. With with I'll go. Just, I'll just talk about step three. How about that? There you uh, go. There we go. <laughs> Very obedient. Yeah. <laughs> Turning my will off, will over to the care of God as we understood Him, and I like the we part. That used to be underlined on all the twelve steps. Now, now they've got a new one. It's not underlined in when it's on the wall. I don't know why they let, took the underline out. And I think it's important because it's as we under, understand Him. You know because. My conception of God is 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 my own, yeah. <laughs> and uh, but and I'm still not always sure what what God's will is in my life. You know, it's still you know, and I pray and meditate every morning. I do uh, very important. But what I have found out is I always know what <laughs> what God's <laughs> will is not. Yeah, yeah, that makes it easy. You know, like you know, you're not supposed to be doing that. Yeah, when right. that that you know, because the. The program gave me this nice conscience that is terrible sometimes, you know, because it gets in the way of what I want to do. Because, you know, I'm still that selfish individual. Selfish to the core, you know. But uh, turning my wheel life over something bigger means I don't get to always do the things I want to do. Because they're horrible ideas. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, horrible. I can vouch for that. Yeah. (laughs) I am obedient in that way. And I'm very obedient to the fact that I'm a big, big believer in the prayer and meditation in the morning. Yeah. Get yourself centered before you start today. Meditation uh, is good. I've started into some different meditations here here recently, doing doing more of the, the calm, guided meditations, yeah. hmm. you know, and it uh, seems to really mellow me out, which is sometimes hard to do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not always the most mellow person. But I think the, the longer you're in the, in the program, the more the obedience comes in. My, my employer tells me to be at work on time. I'm at work on time. Yeah. Unless some, something crazy happens. And then he's hey, like, why hey, are you yeah, on your way to work? He goes to work, he's not supposed to. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. uh, and some of that is just because of the program. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Like, before the program, a little bit of snow on the road, this, this, I can't it make it. Yeah. It's just too bad it's out. A great I'm excuse. <laughs> Any, you know, and I was not obedient to anything. And uh, I do have a God in my life today. And, man, that, that, because that is the answer to that power problem. It's oh, a power yeah. bigger than you. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it says lack of power is our dilemma. Mm-hmm. If you work the program, I do. And uh, so I have to find that power in something else. Yeah. And that power is, is something bigger than you. And what I like is about the, as, as we understood him, is we all have our own conceptions of God. Mm-hmm. And that's all okay. And it seems to me the more more alcoholics I have, the recovered alcoholics in the room, that have a conception of God, the more I can kind of piece together what that is. Absolutely. I wholeheartedly you know, believe in that. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. Put a bunch of people working the program together in a room, <clears throat> let them talk about God, you're going to get a lot of different answers Absolutely. of what God is. But it's all going to come down to usually love working with others yes. and and not acting out on selfish desires. Living by spiritual principles, you yeah. know, is, is huge. And I think that with obedience, you know, you see 
you start with the you don't know who you're or what you're being obedient to maybe and but you see things working and changing mm -hmm. and that makes obedience easier like well this is working and you start to your thinking starts to change albeit slowly the controlling those actions has become yeah. easier at first you know but the thinking is a, is a thing that you, you're gonna have to work on for probably ever, ever. you know um but you know that you can get there and you see it work in other people's lives and I think that's where obedience is makes it easier for me anyway. Yeah. You know, it's like sometimes I don't want to go to a meeting. And then I go, and it's the best decision I've made right. all day. You yeah. know? It always seems well, like that always, day I didn't want to go is the best meeting I go to. Yeah. 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 And you always exactly. hear something you, you needed to hear. You know, I all, I always have that voice. I don't know. I'm sure somebody said it at some point that just stuck with me. That the time that you don't want to go to a meeting is the time that you need to go to the meeting. Mm -hmm. most. Yeah. So I always just make myself get up and go. Uh, but I enjoy going to meetings now because I really you get. it's best to get to that point where you're like, want to go to meetings that way you enjoy them they're not like i had a sponsee picking up a two-year chip the other night on a friday and uh i had gotten home and i was watching a movie and i got really into the movie apocalypse uh, now if anybody you know and i'm sitting there and it's got just like oh i don't really want it but i, I needed to give him his chip <laughs> because he's my sponsee yeah but I, that's I what you got right. my, myself was still like you know, you could just go to the meeting. <laughs> <laughs> then I went there, and it was a great meeting. And, of course, I finished the movie when I got back. But, you of know, course. Myself, yeah. still, still will bet itself to itself in the weirdest kind of ways, you know? Yeah. I'm glad yeah. that worked out. <laughs> <laughs> Apocalypse Now. Have you never seen it? Oh, no, I've seen it a bunch. Yeah. I, yeah. Really I love like the it. smell of napalm in the movie. I know, it's a great <laughs> movie. Like victory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now really I'm going to go and watch it. I watched it. Right, let's see what God has for me today. Unmanageable. Uh, ah. Well, I mean, sticking pretty much on the same topic, it seems that one, two, and three. Yeah. <laughs> Strangely <laughs> enough, my life was definitely unmanageable. Uh, you know, when Amanda was talking about step one, I just kept thinking, like, also, it was easy for me to admit that my life, I was powerless and my life was unmanageable. Uh, but I... Like, I knew for a long time I was an alcoholic and an addict, and I, I, I treated it like it was a joke. Like, this was who I am. This is my life. Yeah. Jails, you know, institutions, and potentially death, that's what I, I signed up for, you know. And, and I just accepted it as part of this is my existence, you know. And as it kept getting more and more miserable and more and more rock bottoms and more and more trips to jail, and just, you know, you finally get... It's not like it's not a joke anymore. <laughs> there is nothing funny is that about what it. I signed up for? Uh, you know, <laughs> well, the jail sentences get a little longer yeah, each time. Yeah, you know. like at first there were a bunch of friends around laughing. We're all alcoholics, <laughs> and then it's like you're in your room alone drinking. Oh man, alcoholic. Alcoholic. <laughs> hidden in the closet. You know, uh, that's what it was for me. And, yeah, and it, me you know, it, it it gets sad, and then you end up. You know, like I did, hopeless and feeling like there was no way out and just wanting it to be over. Um, so it really is about getting to that point and and being able to surrender uh, in general and, and into something greater than yourself and to, you know, start working on yourself, man. I mean, it does take work. Like I say all the time in meetings, I was 
or I've and probably said on here, you know, I, I was willing to be sober and my life to be better if there was a magic wand that would have done it, but I had put no <laughs> effort or action into it whatsoever. And that's what it takes, man. It takes you actually doing something about it. And I know when you're at that the bottom of that pit of hopelessness and, you know, sitting in a jail somewhere and you feel like that there's no way out, but... You know, there's people that care. I mean, that's what I love about what we do. We've been there, and we can tell people, no, like, there's a way out from there. Absolutely. And it can get to a point where I'm at today, like, I can't even believe how far I've come in just the two and a half years that I've been sober from where I thought my life was over. You know, yep. it, it's amazing. You know, your body starts to heal. Your mind starts to heal. You'd be able to trust and love again and give back and help others. And it's a beautiful thing, man. Yeah. 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 So, unmanageable. It works. It really does. <laughs> yeah. A good friend of mine used to always say, if, you don't, if you're not buying your own to- toilet paper, your life might be unmanageable. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. That's I buy my own toilet paper. Yeah, and you're uh, <laughs> been buying it for and a while. it's expensive. If it's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> or you're homeless till so your name's on a lease. Yeah. Which I forgot that one until I signed a lease. Someone's like, you're not homeless anymore. I was like, oh, yeah. That's what my... <laughs> 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 now I see what they're talking about. Oh man! Yeah. Oh man! Unmanageability. How unmanageable were we, man? Like I know I was, oh, I was rough, dude. <laughs> like you're talking about, where you accepted that this is what it is. Hey, I'm, I'm cool with this. So you yeah, thought, and the, then it gets that, life. Yeah. it gets that bad that you're like, wait a minute, what was I thinking? Oh my god! When people are looking at you, it's like, dang man, you're an alcoholic. You drink pretty bad. You ever thought about? not doing that or what's wrong with you it's it's all right <laughs> when you still have other people around you yeah, have a guy yeah, when yeah. you're alone yeah. drinking by yourself and well you know it starts out like i'm always going to hang out with people that's just a little bit doing a little bit more yeah. than i'm doing yeah, yeah. make like, you feel better yeah. about yourself yeah but then then it gets to the point where those people are hard to find yeah and, and then nobody <laughs> wants to be around you there's, there's nobody worse off than i am yeah. Yeah. That oh I could, god like, Point to be like, you need to get your life together. Oh, here he comes. Other other addicts are like, man, you really should go to rehab. Yeah. (laughs) God. (laughs) That's what it's like. Okay. I I see what they're talking about now. You ever thought about going to rehab? Be like, we're doing dope together. But you're staying on my couch. (laughs) (laughs) You keep stealing the quarters off my kitchen table. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Pass the sticks, man. Let me. Right, we'll do another one. We got time. We got yeah, time. Yeah, let's do another round. Another round. Another round. Yeah. All, right. All right. There you go. Let's see what we got here. Peace. Oh, wow. That's a mm. real good one, man. I, I feel like I'm a pretty peaceful guy today. I, I well. We'll be right back. Hey, y'all. Did you know it's illegal to own just one guinea pig in Switzerland because they get lonely? Here at Turning Point, we don't want you to ever be lonely either. That's why we're open seven days a week from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Always feel free to come hang with our friendly staff and don't forget your guinea pig. We're located at 415 Broadway Street, downtown Paducah. Hello, everybody. You want to know something? My biggest issue with meetings is despite their name, they're never about me. Here at Turning Point, all of our meetings are for you and about you. We have meetings at least three times a day, seven days a week. We are located at 415 Broadway, Paducah, Kentucky. Call 270-444-3621 for more information. Uh, No, I, I do. Compared to what I used to be, you know, gosh, you know. 
It ain't been that long that, and I'm not talking about peace just in general, like with everybody else. I'm talking about peace in here, man. There it is. That's yeah. what, there that's it what is. I, that's what I feel today. So it used to be, I just got to the point probably about six, seven months ago where I could lay my head down and actually sleep. Even though I do got a new baby, but it's I can sleep, I can rest, I can, mm-hmm. I can be, I can be just serene within myself. Like things don't really get to me like they used to. Like it could be, you know, I'm I'm. I'm Late on a light bill or something. Used to that would drive me crazy, or oh, yeah. or or somebody's like my mom stopped talking to me, or just just any any measure of anything that was like in the negative, mm-hmm. I would lose my mind. And I'm not talking about right I, in here. I would stress about it, worry about it. I still worry about stuff. I'm not gonna lie, y'all know that. But <laughs> I'm telling you, the where, that's where I've grown is my amount of of faith that everything's gonna be okay. And I got it from you guys, the people with the fellowship. We talk about the fellowship so important to me. It's that I get so much peace out of seeing you guys be peaceful. Because y'all have handled situations just like I have. You know, and I, I kinda it's almost like a survival guide for this stuff. Being able to watch other people go through all this stuff and me find peace in it. And I'm not I mean, my my hair is gray just because I'm getting old, I think. It's not because I'm stressing and worrying about stuff like I used to, I promise you. Because like I've been so unpeaceful that I wanted to kill myself. Mm-hmm. Really, like, like that would be the only thing that would make just the, just the mania of my life stop. So I thought, like, that was the only answer, or to escape from it by getting plastered out of my gourd, you know. But I don't have to have nothing to make me smile today. I wake up that way. Just you don't that. have to go through anything alone, right? In recovery. I uh, know, man. Not a thing. And that's so that's such a scary thought to me about how alone I used to make myself be. Like I thought I was okay with being alone and being inside my own thoughts and emotions and just rotting from the inside. No, sir. There's like I don't know about y'all, but like I don't wake up. I can't remember the last time I've had a bad day. I'm being honest with you, I can't. And it's it's I've had inconvenient moments really, mm-hmm. like where some oh man, it just kinda sucks right now. I guarantee you, I will go home and laugh about something. I'll somebody'll text me, something will make me laugh. I go home, home life's good, baby's laughing, smiling, all that stuff. So I, I can find peace to restore myself in any measure of my life. I think that's kind of, you know, as an alcoholic and an addict, having people around me, my, 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 everything around me being, have, being peaceful within itself, too, because I can draw from that on the days that I don't feel peaceful. I like what you said about bad moments, not yeah. bad days. Right. Like, when I really, truly think about it, I don't know. I don't know when the last time I had a truly bad day. You know, mm-hmm. I can't. All my days have something mm-hmm. been a, usually more good than bad, and oh, I mean, yeah. a lot more good than bad. And it's just that is a huge change from the the, the way my life used to be. God, used to just be it's crazy. Horrid. It. Well, I know. Like there have been days where for me that a bunch of stuff will pile up, and it's like you know. I know what to do about it today. Oh, yeah. You know, when mm-hmm. it gets to that point, like this is turning into a bad day. I know to focus on gratitude. I know to mm-hmm. change my perception. I know to call a sponsor or call a friend in recovery. Yeah. I know to do all those things. Those things go through my mind when I can't, can't seem to find a way out of this, you know, starting to go down into why is everything terrible for me? It starts to self-pity and, and yes. depression creeping in. And I know a lot of people go through those days, but... Yeah. Through working this program and having a relationship with God, I know what to do about that today, and I can switch that off and switch it on and turn it around and make the most of that day, you know, and realize this is just 
this is just temporary. Things are going to get better. You know, this is not the end. This I've dealt with. What I like to say all the time is my, my problems today pale in comparison to the problems of my oh, past. Yeah. You know, oh, so, yeah. so sure. like when I remember that, it just becomes so much easier. And yeah. peace and and serenity and joy and happiness, those things are priceless to me today oh, because God. I was without them for. 20 years wishing like. we could feel that you know, way too. So. <laughs> it's like this program comes ingrained with an insurance policy for our peace you know what i mean like we know what to do when something goes bad we know who to run to who to talk to it's automatic yeah, after it's after right after, after now of course that comes with time oh that's course, one of the yeah. things that come with time but after you've been doing this for a while and i know it's just do. you know what to do if if you don't do it it's because you've decided not to <laughs> absolutely right. and you you've decided to have a bad day <laughs> yeah, yeah. Waller in it. I like that word, Waller. 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 Doing a little Waller in yeah. it. Too much. Wallering around in the mud pit. <laughs> oh, but step two. Uh, it's it love. Oh, oh yeah. Love. Tell us about love. Now are you going to sing a dance? <laughs> <laughs> Amanda did promise she would sing a dance on the podcast. I feel yeah. like this is the moment. Well, I could definitely oh. dance. It's a family show. Yes, my, my children and grandchildren watch this show. Um, love, oh gosh, love is um, a very important part of my life. Um, mainly um, loving myself, because um, I did not love myself for many years. Um, I actually hated myself. Um, I hated everything about me, from the way that I felt about myself, um, from the way, I mean, I just, I hated me. Um, I didn't want to look in the mirror, not because of the way I looked. Um, you know, I hated looking at myself in the mirror because I had to look myself in the eye and, um, I was just disappointed in myself. Um, I felt like I was a disappointment to my family. I was a disappointment to my children. Um, because I was, I, I was, I was a disappointment. I was a failure. Um, but today, uh, I can I can look in the mirror and I love myself. Um, I love the person that I have become. Um, I love that I found a way to. I love that I found a way to love myself, um, if that makes sense. <laughs> it does. Um, yeah. You know, I didn't get into my addiction until I was till later in life. So, you know, I had um, my children at a young age, and, you know, I had my children, um, you know, and I had the normal life for quite some time. And so it wasn't until I was like 30, 31 that I got into my addiction. So, um my, my older children remember what life was like before I got into my addiction. And so I really struggle a lot with um, the way things were before and then the way that how things had become. And so guilt, um, I really struggle with that a lot. And so that's something that with self-love that I, I work on every day um, so that that guilt doesn't creep up and get me down. So, um, in my, in my life, um, you know, loving myself is something that, um, is very important to me because I can't be there and love everyone 
in my that I have in my life that I love if I'm not loving and caring for myself. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. yeah, love is just a big thing for me because um, I love Amanda. I love who I am today. I love that I'm honest. Um, I love that um, I love unconditionally. Um, I love that I love with an open heart. Um, and I just. I love love. I love love, peace, <laughs> kindness. Um, That's awesome. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I just, I could go on forever about love. No matter um, why you chop it, she loves, man. Yeah. Um, you know. I like it. Yeah. Indeed. We love you Thanks, too. Thanks, Amanda. Thank you. <clears throat> I love you guys. Yeah. And, but, and, I, and that's a true statement today, but I didn't know what it was for a long time. Yeah. I definitely couldn't love me, but I was, I was probably didn't even really understand what it really meant because I always thought it just the words to toss around it's like a term you know, you know? <laughs> it's a good I mean, word, word like to I, manipulate somebody yeah, with yeah that's what I was right. going to say I love, I, you, yeah, I love couch. you so you better not you yeah, know, don't, don't hurt treat me. me don't treat me bad help yeah, me right. with something yeah. right when I need it but I love you you know why don't you love me <laughs> right yeah <laughs> Sad, but it really does take loving yourself to really and being able to be happy with yourself, maybe even alone, before you can actually love someone else for who they are. Absolutely. And you know, you don't have to put like, I need this person. If they leave, I don't know who I am anymore. You know, that that doesn't work. You have to be able to, if someone leaves, you have to still be able to be happy and love yourself and realize that your value is not placed in someone else or yeah. something else, uh, which is what a lot of us did, man. Yeah. So. I had to let people love me before I could love myself. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I had to, I had to, I had to believe that I was lovable. You know, and it come from the fellowship again. Let's bring it back to that. I mean, really, mm -hmm. like I had. I don't know about y'all, but if you know, I screwed my life up so much it was just, how could you love me? I'm just, I hate myself. And then when I realized that you know I'm worth more than what I thought I was, to just in the eyes of other people that didn't even know me, even though to them it might have just been them throwing the word around, whatever. But I think being around a bunch of people that genuinely cared about me, you can call it love, care, concern, whatever, it, that filled me up and put me in the right position where I started believing it. And then I did the whole cliche thing where I, stood, <laughs> I was at center point, I stared at the mirror and would be like, I love you. I looked at myself. I'm good enough. Mirror. I'm smart enough. Yeah, seriously. Got it. People like me. Look, <laughs> it worked. I got that suggestion from the food service manager at the time over at center point. Uh -huh. It worked. It did. Started believing it. It started just kind of coming out. Hey, you the know. power of positive, you know, speech and thinking and yeah. all that stuff, it works. You, I and mean, you have to, sometimes you have to speak it into existence, you know, you have to, before you start believing it. And then, yeah, seeing other people, you know, to be able to love you or tell you that they love you and care for you and help you. And then you realize that it's a beautiful thing and oh, that yeah. it is out there and that it, it does possible. exist. It's not like, you know, I used to always say my excuse I was, you know, there's no such thing as love. There's lust and there's mutual respect. Like those are the, you <laughs> right. know, what I call it is. there's no love you either, you know, but today I know for a fact that there is love and that I too love all of you and, and everyone in general I want what's best for everyone and I know that everyone has something special about it even though sometimes it's harder to see in some people you know I know it's there uh, <laughs> you know, um, certainly yeah. and being able to express it yeah yeah <clears throat> you know I, there was a long time in my life I wasn't telling anybody I loved them uh, well, I probably didn't but I I didn't want to, 
I'm like, it felt weird. Yeah. Especially, uh, real quick. I mean, uh, when it me. got to center point, it felt weird. I mean, everybody's God. telling you they love you, and you're like, eh, it's too much love. Like, yeah. <laughs> what do they want? <laughs> well, you think people are manipulating yeah. it because yeah. that's what yeah. you have used it for. Start yeah. believing yeah. it, it feels exactly. good. I love all of you guys. I love you, Amanda. Thank you. Oh. Absolutely. God conscious. God conscious. Oh, yeah. 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 What happens when you work a program? Yeah. Got conscious. Well, like you were talking about earlier, you said, you're like, going through Centerpoint, uh, help you give your conscious back. With that is, like, way how I look at God conscious. You know, like, I also like to look at it as a spiritual awakening as well. You right. know, the, the personality change sufficient enough to bring forth yeah, long-term you, recovery. You talk about your prayer and meditation in the morning. Like, that's maintaining your God mm-hmm. conscious, staying connected, you know. Well, I look at it as either I'm, I'm either building that relationship or I'm taking away from it. You know, okay. if I'm taking away, I'm taking away when I'm doing harm to others. Usually, I'm. I don't, oh, I don't sure. think the, the, yeah. anybody's God and no. AA likes us to harm other people. I've never heard <laughs> that. Really I like hope, you know, I've heard a lot of different descriptions. I've never. My God wants me to harm everybody. Yeah. No, that's not what we're doing. So, the more if I'm harming people, then I'm taking away from. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, but if I'm helping. And I'm building up that prayer life, try, actually being a better person occasionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not all the time, because no. I'm still, still not a great person all the time. Most of the time, though. So. Yeah. Then, then that God conscious is getting bigger. And the only problem with that is if you, when you do do something wrong, you're like, oh. I feel terrible. <laughs> yeah. I'll make this amends right now. Right now. <laughs> I know, like that That's for so me. That's so good, though, man. <laughs> I mean, that, for years I was trying to drown out and silence that God conscience that had been instilled in me as a child, and like now today I can't throw a piece of garbage on the ground or drop it on accident without being like, I mean, I'll take uh, three or four steps, like, no, I'm not going to go back, I'm not going to pick it up, and, and then yeah. it'll just eat me alive. And I think that's yeah. what, for me, is like uh, just wanting to do better, be the, a better version of myself, care about people and things and the earth and all all of it, you know, is like I actually, I desire to be that person. I strive to be that person. So I feel bad when I think about not being that person or start <laughs> to behave that way, yeah. you know. And that's where I, you know, my 10th step inventory comes in and I go back and I make amends to people. I write those wrongs. I pick up that trash, whatever yeah. it yeah. may be, you know. So. I don't know about y'all, but I didn't like doing my fourth and fifth step. It was yeah. not fun. Mm. So I do that 10th really well so that mm-hmm. I don't have Agreed. to yeah. all the time. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. You know. for step 10. Yes. So. I agree. And I think we're going to stop at that. You know, we've got 45 minutes in right. of uh, steps one, two, and three. And <laughs> <laughs> we got dancing and we got laughter. And it's uh, been a great podcast, man. Sam, I really appreciate you coming yeah, on. Man. Always. Thanks, always good thanks for having me. me. Always yeah. welcome. It was a, you know, I was in. get snowed out from work today and. Happened to run into Matt. Yeah. He's like, man, you want to come do the podcast? I was like, that's what really happened. You know? Yeah. That's what I that's not what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you came, bro. Then I got to come over here and hang out with y'all, so it's it's, uh, it's a good treat for the day. So. Yeah. Treat yeah. for us, too. Well, remember to uh, check us out on YouTube or download our audio versions at Apple, Google, Spotify, and Podbean. And as always, stay grateful. <laughs> If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction or in recovery and needs guidance, speak with Turning Point's team of peer support specialists by calling 270-444-3621. You are not alone.
and we are proof that recovery is possible.